G'day partners, welcome to this week's episode of Bet With Brilliance. It is the preview podcast for what's going to be a massive day of racing, uh, Doom and Doom 10,000 day. Uh, this podcast and all of the pods for the Brisbane Winter Racing Carnival are brought to you uh, by Southern Cross, of course, our uh, exclusive presenting sponsor uh, for Bet With Brilliance over the carnival, which is brilliant of them to jump on board. Uh, if you haven't gone and had a chat to the boys already, definitely recommend that you go and do it. Uh, Jack and, and Luke will definitely take care of you. And if you do choose to have a bet with them, uh, obviously do remember to gamble responsibly. Uh, as always, got Jared with me, uh, Fish, the the brilliance... Uh, sorry, partners, I've lost my words here. The uh, Sydney analyst and uh, writer for Brilliance Fish. How are you, mates? Get them words out, mate. Um, no, all good. Yeah, going pretty well, mate. Looking forward to... Another good weekend of racing and just finished the form for the Dooming card. It's a pretty tricky card up there, so there might be a bit of value there for, for punters. But, yeah, looking forward to talking it through with you. Yeah, absolutely. It does look – I found a couple of the races really tough. And you were uh, in the group chat earlier talking about that two-year-old race, uh, one of the features of the day being quite tough. But uh, uh, a little bit of clarity was provided. So hopefully we can find a bit more clarity – throughout the pod, mate, because I was a bit grey on a couple of races as well. Before we get into this week, uh, have you got a star of the week and, and ride of the week from last week, mate? Yeah, mate, I do. Um, obviously, mine are from Gosford because I was up there on the weekend, but my star of the day was Overpass in um, race one, Bjorn Baker Colt. Um, he flew out of the gates and was three wide for most of the trip and then sort of thought, oh, yeah, you know, you use a fair bit of um, fuel here, but he's still able to power away and get the job done. Uh, I think he's looking at the BRC size now as the next target, so he might be one to follow there, overpass. And my ride of the day was K-Mac on Avion Fury um, in the longer race on the day, um, just ridden quietly, and then K-Mac pushed the button right before the bend, which seemed to be the, um, the, the, the move for the day. The outside lanes are playing well, so timed it well there. What about you? Who was your star and um, ride of the day, mate? I didn't have anything from last week, and I'm going to go back to the carnival at the Bull. That, this is partially my fault, sorry, punters, because I completely missed this segment last week. Uh, star of the week, I'm going to give it to Brett Scott and the Statesman. For anyone that doesn't know, uh, Victorian trainer Brett Scott, he was actually airlifted to hospital and placed in an induced coma uh, because he was actually kicked in in the head by a horse. It's an incredible story. He was able to get out of that coma, obviously out of hospital. He was trackside and, and trade the Statesman for a win. I think it was in the Gallywood off the top of my head. I should have written that down. Uh, but it was in one of the feature races at the Bull Carnival. And I'm giving my ride of the week. This one's been, this was quite controversial uh, after the, the race and the event itself. I'm giving my ride of the week to Daryl Horner Jr. on flying agent at the Bull. Uh it was a great ride to secure his first win for the as a strapper and trainer for Amy McDonald. It was a story that, uh, or a post that that I put up through the Brilliance Racing uh, pages because she looked as nervous as you've ever seen anyone with a dollar eighty horse going around in a race. Probably a bit different since she had strapped the horse, but uh, I thought the celebration from Daryl was awesome to see that emotion from winning the race and he got fined for, you know, jumping up in the stirrups. It was like 
it was like bossy on bivouac in i think it was the vrc sprint um it was a very similar celebration to that but i loved it i thought the emotion was brilliant i think there needs to be more of it i think uh, a bit of common sense can prevail between when you're doing something dangerous and when you're not and i i, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it i thought it was brilliant so i, I it was definitely the ride of the, the week for me and, and also love the celebration. That's who I've given it to. Yeah, mate, sounds good. Um, I'm one of those blokes who's all, I'm all for the celebrations. I wish wish the jockeys were allowed to do it. You know, they got a bit of a, a bit of a length lead there in their horse and why, why can't they get up and celebrate? But I know what it's all about. It's all about the form analysts and stuff and, and you know, you got to ride your horse to get the times for the upcoming races. But, yeah, I love it. Bossy's done it a few times and it'd be good to see a bit more of for sure. Because it's the stories that I think the biggest thing is it's the stories that come out of it. Bossy, when he was on Bivouac, there was um, a lot of chat that he was sort of done and he wasn't really riding very well. And I mean, he's been labeled group one Bossy and things like that, that he doesn't sort of ride the midweeks. He's just there for the cash and the big races. Um, so there was a like, there was a lot going on in the headlines when that happened in that BRC race. So I, I think you would lose stories and, and things like that. Uh, if this kind of thing is just continually punished. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Um, what about your best bet for last weekend? How'd you go, how'd you go there? I don't really want to talk about it, um, but I will. Uh, <laughs> I We took, in the let it ride, we took Laquero to place in the derby and I didn't see the race live. I was caught up with some other things. I went back and watched at the top of the straight. He just trucked into it. And I thought, my God, how far is he going to win by? Um, then he just hits a flat spot in the straight, obviously explosive that Jack goes on to win. And, and uh, it was, let's crack a deal, uh, run second there. So then they go to the, the vet goes and has a look at the horse after the race and he's pulled up lane. Uh, last Last time I declared a moral on here, I think it was uh, I think it was Cherry Tortoni in the Alistair Clark at Mooney Valley off the top of my head, and he was about he was in the car park coming around the final straight, and then he was I think he was vetted lame that day as well. So uh, I've got to stop doing that because I'm just just shooting every horse in the foot when I uh, when I do it. So that's enough. I've got to I've got to have a cold shower for that. But um, how did you go for last week, mate? Do you find a couple for the punters? Yeah, I found uh, my best bet was Marbusha in the. Oh, I can't even remember which race it was to be honest, but I just thought she was going to be a class above, and turned out to be the case. Uh, winning pretty well there at three dollars sixty. Um, the other one that I don't really want to talk about was Ranch Hand, who got done by Subterranean. Uh, <laughs> Another careless riding charge horse beating um, beating us home in a photo, but anyway, that's the way it goes. And I think we can just follow Ranch Hand for next start and move on, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a good good weekend of racing. Bit of talk out of that uh, ranch hand race about the camera angle too, which uh, didn't sit well with a few people. I, I personally didn't care. I, I didn't have any money in the race or anything like that. So, um, but I know there was a few that had sort of put the house on on ranch hand, so to speak, and and the camera angle was a big talking point off the back of it. Yeah, I, I was actually one of those punters. I was watching on the big screen at Gosford there in the Mount Yard. Watch the race, thought, beautiful, we've got a winner there, let's go. And then I was sort of looking at the horses walking around. I heard the commentator say, and the outsiders got it. And I just, I was about to walk away. I was, about, I was ready to go home, actually, after that. But anyway, that's racing. And, um, yeah, looking forward to talking about this Doom and car, mate. 
Yeah, speaking of, we'll go over the, the entire card for this weekend, punters at Doombin, uh, obviously including the Doombin 10,000. Uh, there's a Group 2 Champagne, Champagne Classic on there. That one's for the three-year-olds, and uh, sorry, the two-year-olds. Uh, then we've got the Rough Habit and the JRA Chairman's Trophy is sort of the, the key races on the card, but we'll get into the rest of them. Uh, looking at the trackfish, Doombin at the moment is rated a heavy uh, – sorry, punters, we'll just go back to the race in Queensland here. As of 4.30 this afternoon, rated a heavy eight. The, tra- the rail is going to be true the entire circuit on Saturday. Uh, absolutely poured down rain – uh, in the early hours of last night, around 5 and 6 o'clock, it absolutely bucketed down. Uh, already been a track upgrade today. It was this morning at a heavy 9 when I was doing the form. I've done it for about a 5 or a 6, mate, because I'm thinking at least an upgrade or two tomorrow uh, and then maybe one again on Saturday. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm thinking around the soft 5, 6. What are you thinking? Well, I've done my form on um, soft 7, heavy 8, actually. So hearing you say that, I'm hoping... Um... I know Bundy and Coke's running around on the weekend, so hopefully Lloydie gets his um, goggles on and goes out of the track early on Saturday morning and waters it down for me. But, um, yeah, no, I've gone with a soft seven, heavy eight, so we'll see if our, um, any of our selections line up. If he's back in Bundy and Coke on Saturday, I can promise you he'll be there in the early hours of the night. Uh, sorry, the late hours of the night with a fire hose at the top of the turn. He'll be there, don't worry. But... Um, what about your betting strategy, mate? How are you feeling for the day? You said it was a pretty tricky, a pretty tricky card to go through. I'm not expecting any bias or anything like that. I think it'll play really fairly uh, at Zoom, and it is not the greatest draining track. If this was Eagle Farm, it'd dead set nearly be a good three on Saturday, despite the weather that we've had and the rain we've had. But what are you thinking going into the day? Yeah, mate, similar to what you just said, I thought about the drainage. I've heard um, Lloydie tell me before about the Newman track holds the water. So, um, yeah, I think it's hopefully going to play pretty fairly all over. And I've just done the done the form. And, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of favourites here that I'm keen to lay and go around. And I've just sort of tried to find the map horse, really. But, anyway, it seems like it's a very tricky card. And I think it's very open. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Absolutely. We won't, uh, we'll stop waffling on, mate, and we'll get into the first. Did you want to take us through a bit of a field here for the first one? Yeah, mate, race one's the tab venue mode handicap, class six. Um, Favourite for the race at the moment is Tony Gollins. Tony Gollins, the move. Then you got GTT at $4. Uh, La Palmier is $5.50, the top weight. Um, then you go down to Moonshine Lady at $9, and then you get into double figures the rest. Uh, have you had a look at the speed map and want to give us your selections, mate? Yeah, speed map for this one, it is, it's going to be sort of like throwing a bit of a dart at a dartboard here. There's been a couple of scratchings during the day since I've done the form. The likes of We Bought a Zoo, who definitely would have been a speed influence uh, despite the wide gate and Varda as well. Mate, everything except for one strike, perfect aim and bow ideal are going to go forward and and fly for the lead, I'd say. I think Tabitha Miss, uh, over a bit longer, will probably, uh, especially the wider draw, will look to, to come back in the field uh, a bit further along with Zach Attack. But I can see uh, the likes of La Palmiere, the move, uh, GTT and how wonderful life is up in the first couple of pairs. And then uh, the likes of Bow Ideal, One Strike, Perfect Dame will definitely go back. Uh First one on top for me is Bow Ideal. Uh, looked to get caught in a real sit and sprint last start. I thought he 
uh, worked into the race really well, but was just too far back. I think there's going to be a lot more tempo in this race, which will definitely help. Um, got the turn of foot to beat these uh, for sure. The, the sectionals from the last start, uh, Bow Ideal can definitely win this one. Uh, what about you, mate? What did you think? I saw it pretty similar to you, except I've gone with the Tony Gollan and Glenn Box on the move on top. Um, really just simply because I like the barrier one, shoot out of the gates and lead and follow the follow the fence around. And also um, his recent win at Warwick Farm, I know it was a, a midweek race and, you know, it was sort of playing probably on, on the rail, but 32 second last 200 was quite good and I thought he won pretty well. Soft is definitely a bit of a query, but yeah, like I said, barrier one. Um, I think I think you're on the money with Bow Ideal. If they overdo it in front, which I think they will, I think there's going to be a bit of pace here. Then I think Bow Ideal is definitely the uh, the price horse at 11 bucks. So, yeah, I'll tip the move on top. But from a punting perspective, I'll probably be on board with you there, I reckon. Yeah, it's a good point that you make about the move. There's plenty of times you'll see the first winner at Doombin, if they lead from a low draw, just hugs the rail the whole way and wins. It would not shock me if that happens. The only thing that put me off the move is they had to go and find that midweek race at, at Warwick uh, Farm to get a win because if you look in the form guide before that, uh, kept, get beat, kept getting beaten at a really short price and uh, this is obviously up in grade. So uh, that is what turned me off personally. Uh, I think that there'll be a hole late for Bow Ideal. Um, J-Mac for, for James Cummings, he'll find it and uh, I'm hoping each way odds uh, what can you have with that? Around eleven dollars and two eighty uh, at the moment. Punters with uh, Southern Cross, so each way all day there. That's where I'm going in the first, mate. But we'll move on to the second. Yeah, mate. Race two, the TRHA members handicap. Um, you got the favourite there, Fabric. Uh, Three dollars thirty. Just behind it, Three dollars forty. Got reloaded. Uh, Cuba at four dollars eighty. And then you got right or wrong at nine dollars, and Louvois or down the bottom, the lightweight Louvois five dollars as well. How's the speed map looking there, mate? Who do you like? Going to be a pretty slow race, and this race with only the seven runners in it will be uh, a big race for jockey tactics. I think Cuba looks like the clear leader. Fabric from a wide gate will push forward. The rest of these horses are just going to sort of see where they sit, uh, especially right or wrong, reloaded fast are. At Flash R, I should say. Barefoot will definitely bring up the tail. Barefoot's actually who I've gone with as my on-top selection here. Key to this horse appears to be really strong tempos in mile races. Going through and looking at the form guide, he'll win some, not others. It's fast races uh, that he loves, I think. Like I said, the jockey tactics will be massive in this. If it's a walk to the, the 600 metres and then sprint home, uh, that's going to make it really tough for Barefoot, um, even though he won't have many lengths to make up in this field. But uh, pace on in this race would definitely help him. He can sustain a run from a, a pretty long way back with a low weight will certainly help his chances. Uh, Benny Thompson, if you're listening to the show, I'm pretty sure he's not, but uh, don't let them walk in this because uh, I think Barefoot at, uh, at some pretty big odds is a horse that I've been on the good side of a couple of times. I think it can definitely happen again. How did you see it, mate? Yeah, it's a very good point you make about the tactics in this race because, um, yeah, when you've got only seven horses in it, you can sort of make 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 your moves early or make your moves whenever you want. But I'm going with um, the Richard Michael Friedman Louvois. Um, she had a he had a very good first start win when he beat um, XO Boom, and then as you'll probably hear further along in this podcast, 
I'm throwing plenty of um, plenty of horses form from that horse meeting away because I just don't like the track. It's just funny. Um, so I'm totally forgiven Lubois last start at um, Hawkesbury. Drops back four and a half kilos for this one and uh, has a heavy track win and Jimmy Byrne on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the $5 at Southern Cross bet for the Lubois. I think that's one of the better bets on the day, actually. So looking forward to that one. Some pretty fat odds for the punters to start because mine's going around at 20s and 7s. Hopefully, uh, Barefoot can jag a second there and then. Uh, if you want, Louvar $5 and then still the 230 to place punters. So you can get around that for sure. We'll move forward to race three, Fish, because I think that one sort of, well, I mean, you look at the, the form guide, reloaded to, well, one of your favourites, one from 16. I didn't have a lot of fun doing that race. <laughs> yeah. no, there's a few races like that, mate. But yeah, race three is the um, ANZ Bloodstock News three year old three year old plate over 1,350 metres. Uh, current favourite is Love Tap from the Richard Mogul Friedman camp, $2.60. Uh, Incredulous Dream from the Mar, Mar and Eustace Stable, $3.70. Um, Holyfield sitting around $10. So, yeah, you've only got two horses in single-figure odds here, which is um, interesting. Um, you've got the likes of Pilatus, the Maloney and Gollan combination at 13. And then, yeah, you're looking at good odds of rest. What's the, uh, what's the map looking like here? Love Tap from Gate 7 is going to lead this one for sure, mate. Holyfield from Gate 12 could struggle to get over and and cross and, and lead love tap. Um, I think your second pair is going to be, or it'll be a, a, a three horses in the, the second line there. It'll be Incredulous Dream, but take his entry and I think Blue Strip from gate three. Uh, likes of uh, Paladas, Bundy and Coke, Be Water, my friend, probably back when from a wide draw uh, will be towards the back of the field. I didn't really want to find this horse, but uh, there's been the scratching of aim, I noticed, since I did the form this morning, which has uh, given me a bit more confidence uh, coming into the race. I uh, didn't want to find it, but it's Love Tap. Uh, Going to get the lead. Uh, maybe one back. It just depends on Holyfield and, and how Holyfield starts from that wide gate. Uh, I thought that Love Tap in that last, uh, the last, uh, that was the spring champions, I think it was, uh, at Ramwick. I think that, Love Tap was only beaten by the gate there. Yeah, Spring Champion Stakes. I think he was only beaten by the gate there. Um, and Trip might have also been a query and uh, sort of his second prep and his first go at it. But uh, five horses have come out of that, champ- that Spring Champion Stakes at Ramwick and once. So I think it's a really good form race. And I think that Love Tap will be very hard to beat. Um, it's probably short of his best distance. But the thing about this horse is he leads and, and runs a strong race and takes a lot of catching. You've got to be a really good horse to beat him. How did you how did you see it? I'm totally on board with you there, mate. I've tipped um, Love Tap on top as well. Simply just think he's the class horse in the field. Only, only had one trial really to judge him off in the lead up to this, but to the eye, looked um, very good, nice and comfortable. So um, heavy first up's usually a query, but he's got a heavy win to his name before, which was a, a benchmark 58, 1,200 metre which just simply suggests that uh, he handles the ground if he's winning 1,200-metre races on heavy when it's not his not his best trip. Uh, and his soft win was his maiden win. So, yeah, I think Nashi Varilla's going up there to get the job done. I love that first up, and then they'll um, target some bigger races later on. But I think Love Tap's going to, yeah, going to win this race for sure. Yeah, I. it's really interesting to note that, um, that Nash is back up for... 
for Brisbane, that's, I think, a, a massive part of, of Saturday. Um, and I think this is his first big ride on, on the card where he'll be a really strong winning chance. Um, if you see a heavy eight or heavy nine on Saturday morning punters, it's because Lloyd has been out there with the fire hose, been absolutely soaking the place. So you know that Bundy and Coke's the way to go. I don't think he will be out there. But uh, love tap at the moment, 260 with Southern Cross. I'll be getting all around that because I reckon that's uh, just a bit of a put-in, put-out job for me. Uh, we'll move on to the next one, mate. Race four before we get into the four big ones. Race four is the JRA Chairman's Trophy over 2,000 metres. Um, I think that's a group three handicap race, yeah. Uh, current favourite is Hangman from the Moroni Stable. Um, then you got Warning at $5.50 from the Freedman Camp. So you win with J-Mac and Waller at six bucks. Um, then you got Seat of Power, the lightweight at $8. Walking Flying's $9.50. Then you got that, that, that same combination there, Golan and Maloney at nine bucks will get stuck in. So good race, mate. How's the, um, how's the map and where are you going? Uh, looking at this one, mate, get stuck in from the rail will definitely go forward and lead. I think Cedar Power from Gate 6 will be up there as they're sort of the first pairing. I think the Candyman from Gate 5, I think he'll push forward in towards that second pair with all what an attention run. I think Warning from a wide gate might look to go forward as well, uh, just over a bit of a shorter trip. Uh, then you got the likes of Walking, Flying, Platinum Invader. So you win. We'll definitely bring up the field. I've got Hangman mapping around the second or third pairing in this one, Fish, and he's my on top before the race. I kind of didn't want to find him until I watched that last start at Randwick in the JRA plate where he was a 1,000 lengths last and, and absolutely motored home into third. He just had too much work to do and, and peaked on his run sort of in at the last 100-metre uh, mark. Uh, I think he's a couple of lengths better than this field on a wet track over the 2,000 metres. If you go and have a look at the times on – just the times on races, I think he's clearly the class horse of the race. Uh, like I said, I think he's not going to be last in this race. If he's last in this race on Saturday, I'll dead set pack up and go home. I'll be at Doombin and I'll be going home at two because – uh, he won't be last. Um, I just think he's going to take a lot of beating. He's going to be one of my best on the day, Hangman. The more I looked at this race, the the more I thought it was definitely his to lose. How did you see it? Um, I've seen a bit of value in this race, mate. I've actually given the given the ticket to attention run, uh, paying fourteen dollars from the Aussie Bloodstock and Chris Lee's camp. Um, she hasn't won for a while, and that's why I think we're getting fourteen dollars. Um, first start run over 1,900 metres was pretty good. She was hitting the line quite well. Um, that was on a good track, which she she doesn't really like a good track. She loves a heavy, so five starts on a heavy for two wins in a second. Um, and then there's been a six-week gap between runs, and she's had a trial in between, which was quite nice, and she likes running on the fresh side of things. Good first start record. So, um, yeah, Andy Mallion, I think um, – Looks looks great value there at fourteen dollars with fifty four kilos. Um, the danger I had was warning, but yeah, it's a great race. I think um, yeah, a bit between us there. Hang me in three dollars sixty and attention run fourteen. Nice Quinella there for punters on um, Southern Cross Bet. Yeah, exactly right. It, there's a really good combination between Chris Lee's and, and Andrew Malian, but nowhere near as strong as your combination with anything that's got the Australian bloodstock colours fish because as soon as you see that, you have just got blinkers on big time. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, it's it's this time of the year they 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 start going quite well. Like Chris Lee flies under the radar there a little bit, and then um, come the Queensland Carnival, getting ready for spring, he gets a couple of wins under his belt. And yeah, I am a big fan of Aussie bus like everyone knows that. But let's just hope attention run wins on the weekend, so um, so I can uh, prove why I backed up. Yeah, exactly right. I did have a look at warning, and it's a good point that you made about the horse. I mean, he's. Uh, certainly done nothing wrong for connections winning that Victorian Derby, uh, Victorian Derby, but um, I, I just think he's, I reckon he's done. He, he's done nothing so far this prayer to, to make me think that I'd want to back him, especially not over 2,000 metres. Um, I'd like to see him out over two miles, and if he doesn't do anything there, put some jumps in front of him because I just don't think he can go fast enough to to go with anything. Um, so he's a horse that I, I looked at and uh, I really wanted to see if I could make a case for him. I personally couldn't. So uh, it's hangman for me. I'm going to go in with the uh, the class horse of the race. But uh, like you said, that that attention run, hangman, Quinella, that'll, that'll pay a bit for the believers. So we'll get around that. But we'll move into the next fish, race five on the card. Uh, this is the one we were talking about a bit earlier in the group chat. Uh, where we provided a bit of clarity, mate. Let's tell the punters why. Yeah, that's it, mate. This is the Spirit of Boom Classic, uh, 1,200 metre, group two for two-year-olds. Um, it'll take me all day to talk about the prices here because they're all about the same, but Chris <laughs> Wallace Giannis is $5 is the favourite. Um, see you in spring from the Busted and Young Stable at $5.50. Miss Hipstar, um, who's had a few followers uh, in recent times, $6.50. Prince of Boom, who you're going to talk about shortly at $7. Um, then you got Casey Fogden's, I don't know how you pronounce that, Matt Tai has had one start, seven fifty. Anyway, um, what's the speed map doing, mate, and who do you like? Speed map for this one, mate. Let me bring that up. I'm sorry, punters. You've caught me off guard because I'm going to look for something else in this race. Ken Kappa from the widest gate will definitely go forward. See you in spring from gate four, push for the lead. And, yeah, I'll go with you, Mautai. Maybe there from yeah, from Gates yeah, will sure. push forward. Uh, Stiffmeister Menazi, uh, Prince of Boom will bring up the rear. I think Frontman will push up into that second pairing. Uh, Miss Hipstar and, and Tiger and Malay will also push forward. Uh, since I've done the form on this one, Fish Kalishnikov has been scratched for for Team Snowden. Uh, you've given it away that I am going with uh, with the Prince on top here for Benny Thompson and Rob Heathcote. Now, I'm just trying to bring some information up here. I'm sorry, partners, which is why I'm looking down at my phone. Going back to the debut win of this horse, jumped at $3.80, was backed in from 20s to win by five lengths on a heavy track at the sunny coast, over 1,000 metres. Here this weekend, opened at $12. The partners knew that was the wrong price. Went into $5.50, and it's around the $5.80 mark at the moment. What can we have with... Southern Cross, actually, because I'll bet you it's better than that. Uh, I'm a race behind here. Jeez, I'm in, I'm in form. Seven but, bucks. Uh, yeah, look at that. Seven bucks. How good Southern Cross. So Prince of Boom on top for me here. The only thing that concerns me about this horse, mate, is that um, gate one, he'll go back. So he could need some some good luck in, in the run. Miss Hipstar is the danger for me here. Solid first up win at Eagle Farm. Uh, and probably maps to get a bit of, bit of a better run in transit. Um, so I think since the, the scratching of Kalishnikov, it was probably going to go forward from 
from his draw, I, I found a little bit more clarity in this race because Kalishnikov is drawn inside of this hipster. Um, is, is the danger there. But I think Prince of Boom, the way that he won on debut, and you go and watch your punters, uh, to think that they threw up 20s to start was absolutely mad. But uh, how did you see it? Are you with the Prince here? Um, no, mate, I did go and watch that replay after you boys were talking about it, and you're right, it was absolutely fantastic. Three, four, five wide, the trip in one by five length. So if you did have a bit of a ticket on a 20 bucks, you would have been sitting there just absolutely loving your Sunday afternoon. The only, only concern for me is the five-day backup, and it is a, obviously going to—it is a massive jumping class. But we don't know how good uh, Prince of Boom is going to be. Um, for me, I went with frontman um, from the Freeman camp, James Macaron. Um, he's, he's had a twelve hundred meter lead up run for this, so the fitness is there. He finished second. It was a soft deck that day, so and I just like the fact that he's drawn Barrow Five to stay out of trouble. I think there's a few horses here that are coming from thousand meters and eleven hundred meter runs, so. I simply like the fact that he's had that 1,200-metre run recently at Eagle Farm to get him um, fit for this. Probably the danger for me is Giannis, but because he's got some big wins ahead for sure. I heard today um, that he's targeting the JJ Atkins, so maybe this run's coming one too soon. Uh, that race will be 1,600 metres, so we'll see about that. But I think this is the trickiest race on the card. I, I really struggled to pick this one out. Um, the other one I was looking at was egg with this one. You got Michael Rod riding the stiff master at 69 bucks. <laughs> that's a good that's it. <laughs> that's a good one for punters there. I've got to have ten dollars on that <laughs> with Southern Cross bet, but um yeah, tricky race, mate. Was, this other one's gonna be a good one to watch on the weekend. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was just about to say Imagine what you said about that $20 ticket for Prince of Boom. Imagine you're seeing this thing four and five wide and you're thinking, oh, well, it was 20 bucks or whatever. You're like, ah, throw the ticket away. Who gives a shit? And then you're still on the tab and you just hear Prince of Boom's flying down the outside and you're just like, where is the ticket? And you're digging it out of the bin and that. But you've just stolen all of the, oh, the stiff mice. So there you go, punters. If that's not an omen bet, I don't know what is. But um, my concern for – I thought Frontman was his right price around – $15, I think from gate five, he's going to get a really good run in, in transit. My concern is that last start at Eagle Farm. I had him as my best of the day. Uh, I think so did Lloydie. Uh, and the chat that we've got and loomed like he was going to absolutely bury that field and did nothing. So that really concerned me coming into this race. I think $15 is the right price to find out. But um, so we're going to, we're just going to go with the uh, the Prince of Boom, Stiffmeister, Quinella and and have ourselves an absolute party for on, on Roddy. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, mate, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a bit of a trifecta on there and um, celebrate the big win. So looking forward to that. We'll uh, move on to race six, which is the Canadian Club Rough Habit Plate. Um, that's a 2,000-metre group three. A couple of, couple of late scratchings here, actually. Um yeah, got Senor Toba, the favourite, at $3.40. Chris Waller. Um, second line of betting is High Supremacy at $3.90. Kwe Kwe, who's been pretty frustrating for punters this prep, is at $5. Um, then you got Kukaracha at $8.50, from, again, from the Waller stable. Double figures the rest in a pretty uh, pretty open race. Um, how's the speed map, mate, and um, who do you like? Speed map on this one, Fish. Uh I think Bold Executive from Gate 1 is definitely going to look to go forward. Achiever from Gate 8, I wouldn't be surprised if Achiever looks to find the lead here like he did last start. 
Um, I think Quay Quay from Gate 11, they rode him upside down last start. And I reckon Justin Huxtable has strict instructions to go forward on this horse. Um, some official maps uh, have the 10 sagacious going forward and, and leading. I think Bucharest will be up there as well, but the likes of Senor Toba, uh, Bahamut, I'm not sure how to pronounce that one, or 15, uh, will go backwards and then uh, and then the rest will sort of find their positions. Horse on top, I'm going back to the trough uh, here. Bit of a glutton for punishment, high supremacy. Uh, I just think he could be set to peak here third up from a four-week break. I think the booking of Nashra Willa is big for this horse. Uh, probably didn't go far as far forward as we thought he would in the, I think it was the JRA plate off the top of my head last start. Uh, that was that race that Senor Toba won. Um, Achiever comes out of that race as well. So does Quay Quay. Uh, sorry, that was in the carbine. Sorry, punters. Um, yeah, Frank Pagan plate. Oh, geez, I'm all over the shop here. Uh, last, last run on a soft deck uh, was in the carbine club and High Supremacy had the best last 200 metres of the race. That was against Kiku and the Irishman so that looks pretty good for me uh, I've got high supremacy on top I think Achiever will be going forward and uh, and you can't rule Achiever out what's putting me off Senor Tober is how far back he's going to be this is a bigger field than last start and no doubt he looks a really good horse but he's going to have a lot of ground to make up but um, but how did you see it Fish? Yeah mate um, found this one quite interesting actually because I think last start you picked Achiever and I picked High Supremacy and I've reversed it this week. I'm going with Achiever. Um, I just thought he had a great run last start over the 2,000 metres in that Frank Packer plate. Gets onto a preferred wet track here, so I just think he's going quite well. And I think, um, yeah, last start was on a good track and he had seven starts on a good for That was his first first result in the top three. So I think if we can get a soft seven, heavy eight deck, I think Achiever draws well and um, I feel like He's well over the odds at $12. I did put down um, Senor Tober as the danger, but I just think that what he's shown last start was simply that he's a stayer. You know, we, we, we hadn't seen him go past 1,600 before before the last start. Then he goes out to the 2,000 and just absolutely bolted home. But then you look at his form on a wet track, it's he hasn't got much going on there or, or we don't have any heavy track form to go off, so... I think um, I think we might be playing the right cards there with Achiever and High Supremacy again, and hopefully those two are put in a good show for us on the weekend. It's a good point that you make, and you said off the top of the, the pod that there was a couple of short favourites that you wanted to to get beat here. The biggest one for me is coming up in the next race, and we'll get into it. Um, so that's a bit of a giveaway for what we'll be talking about. I think Senior Tober, no soft form. You had... To take 20s last start where Senor Tober won, now you're being asked to take $3, what, $53.60 in that sort of ballpark. I reckon that is absolutely poison. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't get around it at all. Uh, I think he's just going to have way too far to go. And and we could be proven wrong that that he's just an absolute star in the, in the, in the making. But um, hopefully we get, we get that, uh, that high supremacy achiever Quinella home and we'll have had three or four by today. So the bookies will be pretty sore and pretty sore and sorry. And, um, and we'll just be filling our pockets, mate. That's it, mate. We'll be having a week off next week. So looking forward to that. 
a week off. I'll Road be booking a, booking a plane ticket, especially if I can get the next one. <laughs> Sounds good, yeah. Race seven, the big one's coming up. Um, the Doombin 10,000, Group One, uh, Wait for Rage, 1200 meter race. Favorites, Eduardo, dollar ninety. Geez, that's a bit short. Um, yeah, Eduardo's a favorite, dollar ninety. You got uh, Wild Ruler from the Stoughton Camp at five dollars. Then you're going out to trekking at seven dollars fifty. Splintex from the Newnham Stable, who loves a wet decks at ten dollars. Uh, the Herobian, twenty one. You got Graf having his first run, I think, for Tony Golan, 16. So it's a great race. Interested to see what you got your thoughts are on the speed map, mate, and um, who's going to beat Eduardo, I guess. You give that away already. Well, yeah, it's no surprise that uh, Eduardo's going to lead this one from gate six. I think your second pairing is Wild Ruler and Splintex. Uh, I think Kings Will Dream from gate four will probably push a bit forward as well, and, and Vega One from gate three there. I don't have Wild Planet going as far forward and some of the maps going around uh, do. Uh, I think maybe the Herobian will be up a little bit closer and, and uh, then these, uh, these horses, Graf, Trekking, Panino, might have to go back uh, in this one. Um, is, am I mad in thinking that Eduardo is the worst favourite of the day on Saturday in, in racing? Oh, I think you're mad. Yeah, I think you're mad. He's, <laughs> I'm going against you. He's not a 1,200-metre horse. Like, the he won in the Galaxy, but the, the field that he beat, like, he copped an absolute PR and beat nothing. He's put up good time, and it was great rating and whatnot, but he's got to beat an out-and-out, wait-for-rage sprinter in trekking here. Then you've got to come up against the likes of Splintex, who won his last start and is absolutely back for Newnham. Uh, then you've got Wild Ruler, the, the big three-year-old for Snowden, who's going to be on his tail the entire time chasing him down, uh, coming off the back of that Arrowfield win where he was just absolutely the run of the day. I don't know. I reckon, I reckon he deserves to be favourite, but he's the worst of the day. Wild Ruler on top for me. Maps to get a great run in transit. Like I said, he was the, the run of the day in the arrow field. Three wide the trip and beat Isotope, who you tipped the punters into. And I was stinging a bit after the race because I said Isotope. Uh, carries a couple of kilos less than everyone else. Obviously, a weight for rage. His second on a soft deck was to uh, Makura. I think it was over the 1,000 metres. And that's not really awful form for this. Splintex is my danger for the race. I think from gate run, he's going to get another really good run. Uh, it was a uh, read a huge race in that Group Three Hallmark Stakes at, at Randwick, so you can't rule him out. I just think Eduardo is going to be really weak late in this. Um, this is not his grand final. It was it was the last start um, there at Randwick, um, and that was in the TJ. Joe Pride has said he's a weight, weighted certainty, and I I just don't see it. I just don't think he's a twelve hundred meter horse. And this is. This might be his group one. I don't know, but I don't want to take a dollar ninety about him. But are you are you with him? Yeah, mate, I'm with him. I just think before this race and in the lead up to it, I thought it was a three horse race. Um, trekking Eduardo on Wild Ruler. I've taken trekking out of the equation based on the soft to heavy track in the barrier ten. I just think that hurts. Uh, Wild Ruler. I took him took him out because same thing. I wanted barrier one to three, which he got. And I was 
keen nose for it. And then, yeah, he just he's just a, such a better horse on a good track. And then I look at Eduardo and I think it is definitely, you're right, this, is, this wasn't a targeted race. This look, looks a bit of an afterthought. But then we're getting Nashi Barilla back on. Um, he's going to lead this for fun because there's no, there's no nature strip there next to him to, to pester him. He's going to lead it for fun. And I just think, I just think on a heavy heavy deck, it might make it a little bit hard for horses to make up the ground at the end. That's all. He will be on tired legs, but if he puts in a peak performance that he can put in there, and I think he's just going to be too good for these, you know. There is a few horses here that handle the wet track, like Splintex and um, a couple of others, but in terms of class horses, I would have Wild Ruler and Trekking as the dangers, and and I, I don't think you'll see the best Wild Ruler on the weekend simply because he, 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 in my opinion, he, he needs a good track. But I, I wouldn't advise anyone to, to go anywhere. $2 is really hitting the bottom of the barrel there. You definitely want to go any shorter than that. Yeah, no, definitely not. Interesting to note, I just had a thought about uh, trekking there and where his wind was on a soft track. It was this time last year at Morpherville winning a Goodwood beating home Geetra and Lyle. Um, so I don't reckon that's the worst form. Uh, but I said off his last ride, I certainly wouldn't say that you, you're wrong for, for being off Geetra. I don't know. Eduardo, that look, I wouldn't want to take a dollar ninety that uh, that Southern Cross has chucked up. I reckon they've baited a few people with that for sure because it was around the $2, uh, $2.10, $2.20 mark this morning when I was doing the form. Um, I'll have every every single bit of uh, Splintex and Wild Ruler uh, who what are both are at each way odds at the moment? Ten and two seventy for Splintex, dollar uh, seventy five to place for Wild Ruler. Um, still money in the pocket for me, I reckon. Um, I just couldn't get around Eduardo. I, I just think he's one of the worst favourites on the day. Yeah, one one last thing I will mention in this race: if you are keen on a horse like Trekking, K-Max the right jockey for it. He's going to let these. He's going to let Eduardo absolutely go for it. He's going to take a seat. He'll, he'll use his gas late, and if Eduardo and a couple of horses want to chase him down and go for it, it'll just set this up for a horse like Trekking or or maybe um, maybe Grafford. I think those days are gone. And if Wild Ruler wins this, well, then, mate, pencil him in as one of my favourites because I'll be following him going forward if he can win this race on a soft six or seven. I love the horse. So, yeah, going to be a great race. Uh Another one that I'll throw out there for the punters, just since you mentioned it about the, the race shape and being dragged into it, I think another one could definitely be Vega One. Horse that I've got a bit of time for, and I think is personally quite talented. Uh, looks a different horse coming back this prep with second last starts and Nick and Nova, who was uh, last year's Stradbroke winner or in the picture off the top of my head, I don't remember. But um, Vega One got some very strong form lines. Uh, group one bossy on board for King Golan. That's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good pairing for me. Um, you want to look for one at uh, a bit of odds punters, but Splintex and Wild Ruler, there's your, your top two pairing. And it might be Eduardo with another group one third placing behind a couple of sprinters. Um, and then I think you'll see Wild Ruler go on to the, the Kingsford Smith over 1350, retire as a three-year-old cult with a pretty big stud fee. Yeah, the chances of Wild Ruler retiring as a three-year-old cult are pretty high. He's been going quite well. So hopefully we can see one more big win in him before he does call it. Call it. Move Absolutely. on to our race, race eight, which is the Magic Millions Bright Shadow 1,200-meter listed race for fillies and mares. 
Uh, the current favourite is Godolphins Ethereum at three dollars forty. Intrepidacious from the John O'Shea stable is four dollars sixty. Uh, Outback Barbie six dollars fifty. Tony Gollan. Um, then back to the Wallace stable Fiesta seven dollars fifty. And then you got uh, Anthony Trent Edmonds Mayozi, I think it is. So and then getting into large odds the rest. How's the map looking here, mate? Map on this one, mate. And I was just having a look at some markets because I think it's changed a bit since I've done the pool. Uh, Intrepidacious will go forward from gate 10. A couple of emergencies showing up on the speed map here. Punters, uh, Express uh, Fantasy and Centerfire is what it's telling me. Blazing Miss from gate 1 will go forward. Ethereum will be up on the pace there. I think from gate 16, uh, Outback Barbie is definitely going to look to probably push a bit further forward. Uh, I think the rest will just make this one up. It was a, a tough speed map for me to, to get through. But going off of recent form, I've found another one at each way odds at the moment for the partners. It's Outback Barbie. Uh, I think if Splintex wins the Doom in 10,000 or runs a really good race in the 10,000, you're going to see a big market move for Outback Barbie because she was 1.2 legs off him last start. Uh, the booking of J-Mac, I think, is a very good one for King Golan. Uh, she's never run on a genuine soft deck. Uh, and I'm thinking she might appreciate a, a little bit of sting out of the ground because she definitely doesn't go in heavy. Um, she'll go back and run on, potentially. It, it will be interesting to see where J-Mac goes uh, on our back Barbie. Uh, but she's definitely got the turn of foot to beat this field. Danger goes to a theory. Um, I think she's the class Mary of the field. Point one of a length off Crone on Magic Millions Day. It looks very good form since she went on and put up a bit of a pick fence. It was three in a row or something like that in Sydney. Um, that form looks good enough here uh, as, as the track looks to firm up come Saturday. Um, and, and it's interesting to note that that run where Ethereum was point one of a length off Crone, they've got that track at a good four. For, for Gold Coast, but it was rain affected that day from memory. Was it the Magic Millions yeah, Day? I think they'd yeah. had a bit of rain there, so um, yeah. so that might be some soft form that that the, the is actually there. If the punters can remember back to the day, it was it was a bit rain affected. It might have been around a soft five or six, and if that's what we've got on Saturday, maybe she's not that bad on a soft deck, and and uh, and, and maybe she is a very deserved favourite. How did you see it? Yeah, mate. Well, um, I'm going back to that Hawkesbury car where I'm chucking the form out the window. Um, I'm leaving Ethereum alone, but I think um, I like I like Blazing Miss out of Barrier One from the Newnham Stable. I think Blazing Miss and Ethereum will be the two that jump out and and lead. They'll be the top two, and I think they might challenge it out. So, um, but I think that I'm taking the each way odds about Blazing Miss. Uh, I just think that last starts a total forgive. She goes well on a soft track and a heavy deck as well. Unim's flying and there's a little bit of a drop in weight there. So keen on blazing miss. And then there's another one I like at odds, um, Marzi or Mayozi, however you say it. Uh, I think she's well over the odds. She Fitness peaks here second up and um, four placings from five on a heavy track, Glenn Boss on. And I've heard the Ed- Edmonds stable um, giving, giving her a bit of a rap. So I think there's two each way plays you can have there. But it, it wouldn't shock me if um, Cummings and Macker would have come out here and Got a win on a theory, so pretty good. Um, pretty good race again on the card. Yeah, and I've uh, 
made a bit of an error there. Sorry, Farnos. I didn't see a couple of scratchings. So Expressway and Fa- Expressway Fantasy and Centrefire Centrefire do get a run in this, um, and I'm happy about that because hopefully injects a bit more speed into the race for Outback Barbie to go back and run on, gets the win. Uh, I've been on the wrong side of her a few times, but uh, certainly wouldn't talk you out of yours, Fish. Um, Gee, there's some value on the card here we're going for, aren't we? I don't think we've tipped many favourites. It's good to see. And it is a tricky card, and it's the beautiful thing about racing is everyone sees it differently. There was a horse there like Fiesta who I thought I was going to be climbing, but um, but definitely didn't. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant card, mate. We'll move on to the last because I'll be keen to get your thoughts and then go and have a look out wide and see what else there is on the day. Race nine's a middies benchmark 85 handicap over 1,350 metres. Current favourite is uh, Axe from the Michael Costa stable, $3.60. Um, second line of betting there, you got Superium, Hawk stable, Maloney on at $4.40. Crystal Breeze, uh, last start winner in the provincial championships for Chris Lees, $6. And then, yeah, you're getting pretty wide, wide after that. So how's the map looking, mate, and who's the winner? Tell you who the winner is in a minute, mate. Speed map on this one. Axe will go forward and try to lead. Dr. Why not from the widest gate will definitely go forward as well. Constant flight will be in that second, around that second pairing, I'd say. Uh, some maps have C Raider going uh, forward and looking for the lead. I don't think that's going to happen off of his last start. Uh, from there, everything else is sort of a midfielder. There are no genuine backmarkers that I found in, in the race. So uh, they'll all looking, be looking to get their spots. I think you'll just find that whatever's drawn out wider will have to sort of slot in a bit further back, which makes it tough for the likes of Superium, etc. Mate, uh, horse on top for me is Axe. Loves a soft deck and loves the trip. Only run at Doom and was beaten by a really smart one. So I think that form's good enough to win this. Uh, go forward and get the lead. I think Jag Guffman Chester, that's a pretty cool name. Uh, but I think JGC will control the tempo on this one and just be too good. A couple of horses I want to point out for the punters. First one is Sigalis. Did savage the line last start at Ramwick. I think if Bo Ideal wins the first of the day, look for the market support there. Could show that the form's really stacking up. Another one is that uh, the 10, Superium for Team Hawks. Ryan Maloney's been booked to ride. Comes off a three-week break and last start was only... You know, just inside of half a length off of Open Minded, who looks to be quite an up-and-coming sprinter in Victoria, one that I've tipped uh, tipped actually through a couple of previews during the weeks uh, gone. So hopefully the punters have been able to find him there. Uh, but I think uh, there's some pretty good form lines going into this one. How did you see it? Yeah, mate, I've actually landed on that Godolphin uh, mare you're talking about, Sigalis, just at the price, really, $9.50. Bit of a funny preparation. She's gone 1,214, back to 12, and now 1,350. But, yeah, like you said, that 1,400-meter race at Rose Hill was the day where leaders were advantaged. And uh, she she tried to make up ground and just couldn't. That was on a good deck. Last start at Rose Hill, trying to chase down, lost and running, never easy. So, um, but she savaged the line, looked like she needed further. And then you just you just have to have one look at her wet track statistics, and she's well over the odds here at $9.50. Um, so yeah, I'll be having a bet on that, and then I uh, won't surprise you have any um, dangerous crystal breeze from the Chris Lee's Aussie Bloodstock 
combination oh, again. It's gone again. I was there the day that. Oh, um, gone. I was there the day Crystal Breeze won the um, provincial championships, and I um I tipped him on top just from the yard, the way that he was looking, and he definitely went out there and did the job. So the thing that Crystal Breeze needs is a mega pace in the race. So with the if it stays a soft track, it might be all right. But if it's in the heavy and a couple of these leaders come out. Yeah, I think you need to find a crystal breeze. Isn't that horse that has the turn of foot? But if there's a fast paced 13, 1400 meter race on, she'll be just as strong at the end as she is at the start. So that's my only opinion there. And then, um, yeah, I wouldn't advise you to, to um, go against your selection either there in Axe. So that was the three I was looking at. Kiefer Sigalis could be uh, the fact that sort of that, uh, what, what is a gate nine there and where they settle. Uh, Karen McAvoy in the straight could be coming out to to more superior ground, the superior ground on the track where acts could be restricted to, and it wouldn't be the worst thing to do, but just go on the shortest way home, just go on the rail, and it might not be the best way to go. Um, so one there for the punters, a bit of value each way again, fish. But uh, we'll go out wide, mate. Is there anything else on the day that you wanted to look at it? Interesting that the Goodwoods being there's two Group One sprint races, one in Brisbane and one in Adelaide. I know has drawn a bit of discussion in racing circles, but um, have you got anything in the anything out wide there, Fish? Um, I've got a I've got a horse in um, the last race at Rosehill there, three dollars ninety. Count to Rupi. I think um, punters can get get on there at the end of the day at Sydney and get a win on their hands, um, and then. There's another horse that I would like to advise punters to have a look at. Uh, Satin Ribbons won three trials out of four. Was supposed to be racing at Sydney, and then um, they've taken the easier option down at Campbell. So race two, I'll be having a look at the odds as soon as they come out because hopefully we're getting close to around the two dollar mark. But she'll she'll be getting the win down there for sure. What about yourself, mate? In the Goodwood, I'm going to be having a look at Camel Passer from Gate Five. Uh, should go, go forward and, and be up in the first couple of pairs there at, at Morpherville. I think Kemmel Pass is a really good each-way play. But it is in a, a very strong race. You've got Behemoth there. Gitra is obviously the $3 favourite. Uh, Dirty Work, uh, sorry, Viridine. And, and then the likes of Instant Celebrity uh, in the field as well. So it, it's a good-looking Goodwood. It just makes you wonder if there weren't two Group 1 sprint races like this on the same day, how how strong could have the uh, the, the Doom and Ten Thousand field been? It does it does seem pretty funny that schedule. Yeah, there's that race on down there, and then there's a race on at um, Queensland the same day. You're right, but um, yeah, Geetra certainly looks hard to beat down there in Adelaide on the weekend. Absolute first up jet and loves a soft track. So yeah, that's another good race to be following on the weekend. One more, I'm going to give the punters before we go. Uh, a really big race on the day, to be honest, despite the, the Group 1 uh, Doom and 10,000 that's going, which is clearly the, the marquee race of the day, punters. But um, race six at Flemington is the Andrew Ramsden. It's the 2,800-metre staying race where the winner books their ticket to the Melbourne Cup uh, on the first Tuesday of November. Uh, horses like Constantinople a couple of years going back was a Melbourne Cup favourite's uh, Grand Promenade, Persan, who had the uh, the fairy tale prep last year to go from winning his maiden to running in a Melbourne Cup. Mohican Heights has been running in great form. Miami Bound, Realm of Flowers, 
uh, Lion Share, Thrill Irish Eyes, Salto Angels, some really smart horses in this race, despite being a bit of a smaller field. I'm going to tip the punters into Miami bound. Uh, weather for Flemington is looking gloomy uh, if you do like the sunny conditions, but she loves a wet track, so uh, that's looking good for her. I, I think she'll eat up the 2,800 metres. She was a really good run in the Sydney Cup to run third last start. Uh, Benny Allen's been booked for Danny O'Brien. Um, I think she'll book her ticket into the Melbourne Cup early this year. I don't think she'll have to go via any other race to, to get her entry. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see her in the, the pointy end of the market for the Melbourne Cup early up fish. That's where I'll tip the punters. But uh, we'll go through our best bets for the day and then get into the let it ride for the week because we've got to reload there. Uh, start with your best of the day, Fish. Who have you got for us? Best of the day, mate. Uh, well, my shocky actually, Eduardo at $2. Um, Odyssey, heavy track, mate. He's going to shoot out. He's going to be in front by too far. Nashi's going to have to hold him back so that he's not you know, on tired legs there at the 11.50. But, yeah, I think Eduardo's the, the best bet on the card. But that just goes to show you how hard the, how hard the card is because I'm not, I'm not overly confident about it, but I'll go with um, Eduardo. What about yourself? Mate, my best of the day, I'm just sort of tossing up at the moment. I sort of want to say Wild Ruler just to get you beat, but I know how that'll go if I do it. I'm going to give it to Hangman. Like I said uh, earlier, the more I looked at the race, the more I thought it was just his for the taking, his to lose. Um, already been supported a bit in the market, so I don't expect that to stop. He's going to be my best of the day. Next best could be this Prince of Birmingham race live. Like I said, it's just a bit of a tricky gate for Prince of Boom, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and then I'll give my value race to uh, barefoot around the 20s. I think if you go each way odds for barefoot, um, you know, I think it's one where the Jackie tactics and sorry, jockey tactics, I've still got me foot in the mouth from the start of the pod, sorry partners, but uh, those jockey tactics are going to be big in this small field. I think as long as the pace is on in the race and it's a, they run out of strong 1600 metres, it's not a sit and sprint. Um, I think that's going to be the key to this horse running a really good race. Uh, but I'm telling you, punters, don't listen to Fish. Don't go with Eduardo because he's not a 1,200-metre horse. We've seen it. We've read this book. I agree, mate, but he, he's a better horse on a heavy track, mate. That's all it is. And anyway, uh, um, yeah, let it, I thought let my it next best was love. Value. Yeah, sorry, mate. No, you're right. Go for it. Let it, let it ride for me, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have a little bit of a little bit of a proper crack here. Race nine at Rose Hill. I've already uh, mentioned the horse before, Count de Rupi. Um, Tommy Barry owes this one because um, I was all over him last start uh, on a Wednesday. I think it was must have been at Warwick Farm, where Marway shot out of the gates and um, had about a four or five six length lead there at one stage, and Count de Rupi. Eat up the ground more than any other horse, but just didn't get the job done. So my uh, letter ride with Southern Southern Cross Bet's going to be Count de Rupi in race nine at Sydney. Uh, the current odds we're getting the three dollars twenty, so that'll be the hundred on three dollars three dollars twenty, and um, hopefully we can kick off this letter ride system we got going and um, raise some money for the National Jockey Trust. So I'll be keen as to watch the Rupi get home on the weekend, and I'll be uh, Tommy Berry's biggest fan. I did that miss miss that bit on the, the at the top, and I'm just getting this on partners three dollars twenty. Lock it in. <clears throat> Hopefully, kick us off to a uh, 
a bit of a start since I let us down last week, Fish. You're exactly right. Done and dusted. But um, uh, did miss that off the top for the let it ride. For anyone that, that didn't listen last week, hasn't seen the post through through Facebook and Instagram, running the let it ride program and uh, Southern Cross, uh, Jack and, and Mark and the boys are helping us out with that. Hopefully we're going to have some coin built up by the end of the, the Brisbane Winter Carnival uh, and we're going to donate it to the National Jockey Trust, which is something that we we both feel pretty strongly about. Um, so give Count to Rupee wings in the last at, at Rose Hill. Um, I'll be very, very nervous coming into that one. I, I know I... I know I felt pretty awful after the uh, after Laquera I couldn't get a place in in the the Derby, but hopefully uh, Count the Rupee gets there. Yeah, mate, you can't go wrong giving the keys to Tommy Berry when you need a win. So fingers crossed we can get the job done. And um, Robin Luke Price have a massive wrap on wrap on this horse, so I think they'll be keen to make amends from that last start narrow miss and get the job done here and move on to bigger and better things again. Absolutely. Well, that's all I've got, Fish. Uh, like I said off the top of the pods, uh, if you haven't already, go and have a look at Southern Cross. Uh, apps due to drop any day in the App Store. We're recording this uh, Thursday night and posted by Friday morning. The app could already be app hunters. Go and have a look. But if it's not, uh, the website is really clean and easy to use. Fish was saying before we jumped on and started recording that the pop-out form guide is a really good one to go off of too. So, Get around that from Southern Cross punters. Uh, like I said, uh, daily promotion sent out every day by the boys. They're some of the best that I've ever seen. Uh, and I've been around the traps a little bit at my young age. Uh, Jack and Luke will definitely look after you. So uh, if you do go and have a bet with them, please remember to, to gamble responsibly. Uh, obviously, all the the information provided in, in our pod is of a bit of a general nature and Sometimes I just don't think you want to be following me at all, Fish, because I'll declare something immoral and it pulls up lame after the run. So seriously, punters, go and have a look at that pop-out form guide. Have a look and, uh, and, and good luck for the weekend. Yeah, that's it. Good luck on the weekend, punters. And um, we found plenty of value there for punters. So hopefully a few of them can come off. And if they don't, uh, we hope all you guys pick, pick your own winners and, and get the job done and have a good weekend. Cheers, guys. Exactly. Bet up, fill up. We'll see you next week, punters.